If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The plot thickens between Green Bay, between Denver, and Aaron Rodgers. But this is just a piece to the puzzle, right? This is a piece, this is a move that the Denver Broncos made because they envision Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver at some point. That'd be something, you know. Listen, uh, these things are in the works. You know, I still can't figure out. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, I love I love the backstory of this stuff. Yeah. Like, I love the backstory. We were talking about some other folks just last night, and we're all trying to figure it out, right? It's, it's like a... Like I said, we're playing like we're playing Clue and Marshawn Lynch's new, (laughs) and uh, and I just think it would be fascinating if both sides could sit there and tell you how it went down. The thing about it is, probably wouldn't happen for another twenty years. Yeah, and everybody still has an agenda. That's yeah. a problem with the NFL. That's my problem with the NFL. Transparency is so hard because somebody's always got an agenda. They're always looking out for themselves usually. Yep. And while that's life a little bit, it's magnified at the NFL level, folks. I'm telling you, it is magnified. It's probably magnified in the corporate America world, too, like yeah. if you get to the top. So when there's a lot of money on the line, there's a lot of power on the line, it's really hard to cut right into what happened. But we could all sit here. We're never going to know exactly how this unfolded is my point, mm-hmm. or we're never going to fully believe it because – one side could say this, the other side could say that. And I wish we could. I wish we could. I wish we could find the, the, uh, how this all works sometimes Correct. and what goes into it. Because it would lead us into logically thinking into the next one, perhaps. And that's the problem. They're all so different that it snowballs in these different directions, and it leaves everything on the table. I think that's a wild part of it. No, without a doubt. You know, I mean, it's, if anything, it's been such a, you know, it's been a, a hard time to get a read of exactly what's transpiring here. Um, and, and what to believe. And, and you know, it, it stems back again. This has kind of been the MO of the Jacksonville Jaguars, though, in terms of these, you know, these coaching searches. I mean, they, they keep things under wraps, or at least they try to, right? I mean, we're mo- most teams make things public. Hey, we interviewed this guy. We interviewed this guy. You know, it's been the Jaguars' MO, right, wrong, or indifferent, to kind of keep things under wraps a little bit. And then when things leak out, we have no choice but to say, hey, well, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, hey. Maybe this guy knows what's happening. Maybe. Let's bring in Brad Meester, former Jacksonville Jaguars center, probably uh, in the middle of Iowa somewhere. Um, or hopefully he, he fulfilled his assignment and texted and called Byron Leftwich to see if he's going to be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brad Meester, did you do that? We hired you as a private investigator, man. <laughs> yeah, I already did it. He, he said yes. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't start anything new. I know you guys have got all kinds of stuff going on. I don't want to spread any rumors. So hey, thanks for jumping in with us, man. I hope you're doing well. How is how cold is it in Iowa right now? Uh, it warmed up to a nice 30 degrees today. It was oh, that's uh, hot. negative um, negative the last few days. So we're, we warmed up today. Hey, you're a big Jags fan still. Uh, obviously, Mr. Jaguar, we appreciate you joining us. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Brad Meester uh, joining us was a teammate of Byron Leftwiches. We're going to ask you about Byron. But from your point of view, how closely are you following all this? Do you view it as a mess, as prideful as you are in the Jaguars? What's your perception of it? Uh, it it's funny. Like, I thought, like, so I've been gone for, like, four days. Went on a trip. I've been gone. 
Um, and I thought it was almost kind of done. You know, I mean, I thought Byron was the for sure thing. It was just a matter of time. And then I kind of came back home, and I get on Twitter, and it's kind of all over the place again. So uh, it's kind of <laughs> like a soap opera almost. I don't know what – so I, maybe I should have stayed off Twitter. I don't know. Um, <laughs> good advice. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I think we're all keep talking about Byron. Um, and I, I just – I don't know. I guess as a gut feeling, as a, as a Jags fan, I mean, I think it's I, – I think that that's the right choice. I mean, I I just truly do. I just just from knowing him, you know, obviously I played with him. Um, just tremendous guy, hard work ethic, and I and I've told a lot of people. He and I've said this a long time ago um, to people around here. Probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met. You know, what I mean, on the field as a quarterback, just knows his stuff. Um, and he, he nobody works harder than he did, and. Um, you know, I think he's the type of the guy that if we brought him in um, would get people to come. Pl- you know, I think as a head coach, you got to have a guy that, you know, you, you need a coach that, uh, that people want to play for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Byron's that type of guy. I think he'll be able to get guys in here. I think he can get free agents in here. Um, so maybe I'm just hoping. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I guess I, like everybody else, we're just wanting to know an answer, I suppose. I don't know. Brad, you know, I was going to ask the question of, you know, guys that I shared the locker room with, like, what's, you know, some of those guys that, you know, really had a, an opportunity, I thought, to be a head coach in the NFL. You know, I always talk about Puzz being a, a very, you know, calculated and smart individual and a hard worker. Aaron Campman sticks out to me as well. I mean, did you always kind of see that in Byron Leftwich, even when you played with him, where it was like, eventually this guy's going to probably get an NFL coaching opportunity? Uh, no question. I mean, I, I don't know if I knew he was going to be an NFL head coach. I knew he'd be a coach. I mean, there's just some guys, you know, um, just their work ethic and their their knowledge of the game. He just totally understood everything. Like, he could read defenses. I knew at some point he was going to be a coach. You know, I'm like, he would be a great – he'd be a great position coach, but I knew he would be a coordinator at some point. Um, Then, obviously, due to his work ethic and the type of guy he is, has become a very successful offensive coordinator – and then it's just a matter of time that, yeah, he, he's going to be a head coach. Um, hopefully it's for us. I don't know. Um, but he'll be a head coach somewhere real soon. So um, he's just the type of guy that, yeah, I, he's one of those guys that you just have that sense that has a knack for it, that he understands it. And not only understands the game, like the X's and O's, but understood people. You know what I mean? Understood players, um, what they go through. Um, it's just a, you know, just a good guy that, gets along with everybody and brad do you think like you know being a former player you know playing at a very high level in the national football league like does that kind of help in terms of the locker room especially nowadays where you know we talk about the modern era nfl player it's all about relating to your players uh and finding common ground i mean obviously being a former player in byron left which like that's going to only help the locker room out you'd think right uh definitely i mean i think it'll help the locker room tremendously i mean i think if you find a guy that players can um, relate to. Um, obviously, guys are going to go out and play hard no matter what, but I mean, I think if you find a, a coach that players relate to and understand and they rally around, um, that's what we need. I mean, that's and I think that's what will help bring people to Jacksonville. Um, obviously, I said this, we're not, this ain't going to turn around overnight, you know I mean? Our record, two and whatever, 15, I mean, or three and four, whatever it was, they ain't going to turn around overnight. we got to bring some people in. And you can't just do it in the draft. 
I mean, you're going to have to do it in free agency. And to get guys like that in, I think you got to have a head coach that people want to come to Jacksonville and play for. Um, and I think having a guy that's played in the NFL, that's coached at the highest level and won a Super Bowl, um, I think you can get those guys here. I think you'll get guys that want to come here and play in Jacksonville and get this thing turned around. Yeah, that Super Bowl means a lot, by the way. Won one as a player, as backup quarterback, but an assistant coach as well. And if he would win one as a head coach, he joined just two other men to be able to do that, player, assistant, and head coach. Mike Ditka being one and Tom Flores, uh, the other. Brad Meester, former Jaguar center with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's interesting to hear you talk about Byron, about what you thought of him as a player in Jacksonville when he was your teammate, because... I think there's a lot of people in Jacksonville. I wasn't here yet, Brad, but you hear a lot of things like, eh, you know, he was just okay. They criticized him. They didn't like him uh, from a quarterback perspective. He didn't deliver like they had hoped and as you pick him number seven overall. But what I find fascinating is I think people, what I tell people a lot on social media or here on the show is like, listen, whatever you thought of him, it was 20 years ago. People change. Like, how much did Brad Meester learn after his fourth year in the NFL until now? about the NFL or until you retired at the NFL. I mean, there's so much knowledge to be gained, and maybe the best thing that could happen to Byron Leftwich, and I think he's even said this, is you go to Pittsburgh, you're with that organization, and Mike Tomlin and that culture. You go to Arizona, you're around guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Carson Palmer, and you go around to Tampa and you're around Brady and, and Arians. I mean, I think people miss that part of this. That was 20 years ago, and I love hearing you say all these great things about Byron, but I can only imagine what he's learned in the last 15 years of his professional life. Well, that's exactly it. you got, you got to remember, when he came to us, what, 20-some years old? I can imagine, you know, think of all of us when we were 20-some years old. I mean, <laughs> obviously, everybody, you know, I think there was such a high expectation, you know, of what he was going to be able to do on the field. I, I, I get that. Um, and maybe, I, maybe he wasn't able to live up to, you know, what everybody wanted. But, I mean, it's not like, I mean, but I, and I say this over and over again. The guy got the game. He understood it. You know, sometimes he just it just didn't work out being able to do it. But he understood every part of the game, and he was a guy that people rallied around, that people loved. He was just a good, per, you know, he was a good person. He was just an everyday normal guy that uh, everybody wanted to play for. And so, yeah, as he went on, went to Pittsburgh, Arizona, because of his work ethic, because of um, how much he wanted to continue to learn. I mean, he knew a lot, but he just continued to learn and learn uh, from different cultures, different places. Um, it's helped make him who he is today. Uh, and, and that's the type of guy that we need. I mean, so, yeah, maybe it didn't work out how, you know, a lot of people wanted, you know, whatever, 20 years ago. But like every one of us, it's a growing process. There ain't a single one of us that can say we were perfect at 20. I mean, it's a growing process, and because of, the type of person he is, type of attitude he has, um, work ethic. Um, he's continued to work and become an, an unbelievable offensive coordinator, great person, and is going to make a heck of a head coach. Hey, let me ask you this, Brad. I've heard some things like um, Mercedes Lewis may have picked up the phone and called like the Khan family about a guy like Nathaniel Hackett. He's been with him in Green Bay. Uh, do you ever get that itch? to, like, pick up the phone and call Shot or call Tony and call this organization and be like, listen, I love this place. I love this team. I love this franchise. Uh, can I do anything to help? Like, again, can I share any advice? This is I, – I went through some good years here, you know, when it was good, when the culture was well, good. I, 
and especially Brad of all people. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I respect it. <laughs> I thought, I'm not, I'm I not thought putting maybe in that they spot. heard me. I haven't called him, but I have screamed through the TV several times on Sundays. My thoughts. Um, <laughs> but no, I have not called. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I... I, I know my spot. I mean, listen, I'm I'm an old has been. I've been gone long enough now. I don't know that they want to hear my input, but um, listen, I I'm just like everybody else. So I'm like every other fan, you know. Um, it's what I am now, you know. Obviously, got to play, but now I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. I'm gonna watch every week, and I have my own opinions, I guess. But I just scream at the TV just like everybody else. So. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this one. Uh, take Byron out of it, because now it looks like he could be a head coach even soon enough, maybe right here in Jacksonville. A guy, that, and, and really, if you look at some of the guys you played with, right, uh, Mark Brunell's now in Detroit. Uh, yeah. Mo Williams, by the way, just got a job with uh, uh, Providence here in town from a high school standpoint. Uh, the Baselli's yeah. of the world and, and other guys, that they have coached some high school ball. Uh, the list goes on, by the way. Keenan McCardell, uh, I can keep listing them. Listen, listing them. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a guy that you played with? Maybe even in your 13 years, you're like, this guy's got to be a coach someday. And you got to take Byron out of the mix here. Um, or, or, you got to take Byron out of the mix. Yeah, is there somebody that you just, like, pinpointed? Well, that's a great question. Um, By the way, you've coached some high school, too. <laughs> What's that? You've coached some high school, too. You still doing that? Yeah, I still do coach high school. Yeah, I just love it. I mean, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a sport. It's, a, it's something I did that it gave me so much. Like, football – Beyond X's and O's, you know, money, all that. It, it, football taught me a lot of stuff and gave, it gave me a lot of life lessons. And really, the thing I'm just trying to do is just give some of that back. You know, what I mean, at yeah. the high school mm-hmm. level, young kids, um, just give back what this sport has given me and has taught me so much. Um, is really what I'm trying to do. Um, and really, there's so many guys. You know, you look at Puzz. You know, Puzz Lesney. I, he, I don't know that he is coaching right now, is he? No, but I think he had an offer, and Austin always brings him up, by yeah. the way, when I ask this question. Great. There's great guys, you know what I mean, that love the game. You know what I mean? It wasn't – those are the guys I see, you know, just being great coaches. You know, it's more than, you know, money, and it's more – it's about more than being on TV and the fame of it. They just love the game. They're just passionate about the game, and he's one of those that was always passionate, you know what I mean, about football. Um, so I could always see him, and I'm sure there's several others, but – I think it's just that type of guy, you know, where it's 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 more than just X and O's. It's it's just something I don't know. It's just something inside of you. I can't give it up. Um, I tried giving. I, I don't say I gave it up, but it, I stepped away from it for a couple years after I got done. But it was just I just wanted to do something with it, you know what I mean? And then once you start doing it, once you start coaching, and you see how it impacts other people's lives, I mean, you can't you can't give it up. Like I just want to keep doing it. Um, so I don't know. Brad, you said that, you know, I mean, playing the game of football, it instilled so many lessons and values um, in your life, and now in turn you want to get those values back. You know, when you reflect back on your career, what's probably the biggest thing that you learned um, playing in the league that you kind of now instill on, on you know, these uh, high school kids? Um, you know, so obviously I do some a little bit of offensive coordinating, like calling plays, but I do a lot of stuff with the offensive line. And I just think there's something about that chemistry – you know, I mean, between guys on the field that you can't get in any of their sports. You know, and I tell my old line guys this all the time that those are those those battles inside and those that those hectic times. You know, I remember, you know, all I mean, all of us being on the road and it's super loud and you can't hear nothing and you're just going by instincts and you're trusting. You know, you're trusting a guy beside you, 
Um, I think that's one of the big things. You know, I try to teach them is just so there's something about that camaraderie that you'll never get, you know, anywhere else. I mean, it's just relying on each other, relying on the guy beside you, trusting him, um, you know, and really just celebrating other people's successes. You know what I mean? So on the offensive line, a lot of times when a guy sees another guy pancake somebody or a huge block, man, they're all running towards him congratulating him. You know what I mean? It's a block. I mean, it's a pancake block, but it's celebrating other successes, trusting each other, and doing it as one instead of 11 guys. It's it's really one. It's one group. Um, and just teaching her that and hoping that carries on, uh, you know, in life and um, other things that they do beyond football. All right, let's get away from the football for a moment. Brad Meester, Jaguars, former Jaguars center with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 69. We'll let you go in a minute. Um, how do you have any leftover yingling from your trips to Pennsylvania, or have they started to sell it uh, west of, like, Ohio? I got I got teased a little bit. Um, there was – it was out in the news that yingling was getting sold. It was going to get distributed by tours. Uh, it was getting sold in Iowa. That was a year ago. I've been excited for a year, and I've not seen it on shelves yet. So I still go – all west, yes. I still go to Florida and grab some. I still got some in my fridge. Um, but, yeah, I got I got tortured with that news, and it hasn't come through for me. So, the great story so. is you went to the you went to the playoff game in Pittsburgh, right, in 17? Yeah. You, weren't you there? And and part of the reason you were there was to get Yingling. How much did you buy and bring home that day? Well, we bought, we bought several cases, but so what happened was we, we trucked it. We took my truck and drove out to Pittsburgh from here. And so we stopped probably an hour outside of Pittsburgh. And so then we bought it there at a gas station or something. I put it in the back of the truck. It was freezing cold that day, by the way. Um, And drove to Pittsburgh so we could tailgate. Well, when I got it out of the back of the truck, it was already frozen. It was freezing. Like it was frosting (laughs) over. Um, So, yes, I did grab some from that trip. Uh, But, yeah, uh, if you're going to go that direction, you just will get some. I mean, I feel like it was a wasted trip if I didn't grab some and bring it back. I still remember one of my first couple years, I had a trailer. I remember going into Costco, and I don't know if they they looked at me weird, but I had one of them big carts, you know what I mean, the flat carts. And they oh, yeah, of course, of Costco. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I took quite a bit out of there. Um, I don't know what they were thinking when I did it, but I did take some home that day. <laughs> don't, I don't know awesome. if I'm allowed to take that beyond state borders or not, but... Uh, yeah, 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 it might be getting me in trouble. <laughs> Statute of limitations, man. You're fine, dude. You're all good. Yeah. Hey, one last thing. Uh, give the best to the family. How are the girls doing? They're doing good. Um, I got one in college now and two in high school. Um, so, yeah, they're keeping us busy. My oldest is throwing track and field. Um, she's throwing shot and disc in college. So we go every weekend and watch her. And then I got a, got some in um, high school yet. So they're keeping us busy. So, yeah, that's awesome. You're on your own. Yeah. Good to see you. Tell everybody hello. And uh, we appreciate you jumping in, man, for a few minutes on Byron. We'll see if it works. We'll see if it happens. If you hear anything in the meantime, let us know. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks, That's Brad. Uh, Brad Meester, former Jaguars center here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Like, how fun is Brad? And the crazy thing is Brad's always good in front of a microphone, but you know this too. Yeah. Anytime we went near Brad in the oh, yeah. locker room, yeah. he's like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to me? Yeah, like, he did not want to no. talk. No, you know, he's awesome. I mean, I think that the biggest thing from that conversation that I took away is, and I get it, man, Brad's a fun-loving guy and a very humble individual, but if you want to pick somebody's brain about how to run an organization, I mean, you start with Brad Meester. That that guy has seen the good, he's seen the bad, and he's seen the in-between. And, and I think he knows what it takes uh, in order to how to run a, a great team 
a successful organization. Um, and who knows? I mean, maybe one day they, they do pick his brain a little bit. But I hope they use him in some sort of role just to kind of bounce things off of him because I think he's earned that um, here in Jacksonville. It might be happening here in Jacksonville. Byron Leftwich, Trent Balky gone. Could it be Adrian Wilson, the GM? Find out. Some uh, words starting to spread here in Jacksonville. When we come back, let's take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We are here at UNF Arena, unfospreys.com for tickets tonight. Got a game at 5 for the women, 8 o'clock for the men. We might have some breaking news soon enough when it comes to this Jaguar situation. We'll give you the latest when we come back on ESPN 690. At what point did you turn your attention to uh, to Cincinnati, and in what manner did you turn your attention to this game? I mean, I did when I came in on Monday uh, Monday morning. Um, you kind of you you celebrate in, uh, with your family and everything for that that big win that we had. It was an awesome game that we'll remember forever. Um, but uh, I mean, this we're not done. I mean, we're trying to we're trying to go out there and, and win the AFC championship, and then try to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, we understand that this is a great football team we're going up against. They've already beat us once this year. Uh, and if we don't get everything we have in preparation during the week, uh, then we're not going to win at the end of the, at the end of the week. So uh, I kind of turned the page quickly, and uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, just try to get, keep getting better every single day. That, of course, is Patrick Mahomes. We forget about these playoff games a little bit, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> in the interim, we've got a Jack soap opera. Playoffs. Some of the playoffs. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz back here at UNF Arena. The Ospreys will play tonight. Uh, getting ready to tip off in a half half hour. Interesting game times uh, for the women at 5 o'clock tonight. It'll be 8 o'clock for the men. So I have a double header here and a lot of basketball at UNF Arena here on the campus of the University of North Florida. As always, check out unfospreys.com for the latest news schedules results and how you can get tickets to the Ospreys games. By the way, just talking to Tim Parenton, the baseball coach. They start tomorrow. Baseball, softball nice. gets going. The schedules are out there as well. Uh, and, and hope to uh, get to see a couple of those games. Well, uh, I mean, I, I'd love to do some uh, some color commentary again like we did last year for the, for the playoffs. Good. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. That was fun. A little awkward, though, when you're sitting right next to the team. A couple years ago, actually. That's right. Was it a couple years ago? Well, I don't know. Maybe it was last year. I think it was last year. Was yeah, last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, it's yeah. been a long year. <laughs> Urban Meyer made hey. it such a long year. It, you're not lying, man. <laughs> you're not lying, Urban Meyer's uh, his tour continues. Yeah, he is, man. He's doing his thing. Cashing in. <laughs> Cashing in. Like, is, is there a bridge, like, beyond image repair, though? Like, he can't. Like, I, I know somebody suggested that. Oh, it's image repair. It's like, hey, Urban is who no, he is now. Listen, I tried to help Urban's image are. a little bit last year, too. Like, hey, give him a chance, you know? Yeah, but yeah. That, that's that that ship has sailed. I, I don't know how you get no, who, repairing that image. No, for sure. I think who you are is who you are. Um, I just think it's a situation where a guy wants to go out there and kind of speak his piece and give his side of the story, which, once again, I'm, I'm not going to knock you for it, man. Do what you want to do. Just, you're not going to be doing that as a Jaguars coach anymore. Josh McDaniels, mm -hmm. requested by the Raiders. Yes. What the hell took so long on the McDaniels front, man? I mean, do you, you just think don't his... think they trust him? Well, that or maybe he's just really picky or choosy who he wants to interview with. I, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I didn't see that one happening. Listen, what he did with Mac Jones, and for you to have a young quarterback like Tua down in Miami or Jacksonville as well, I think Jacksonville's crazy to not have him in the mix. Yeah. Now, listen, he could easily have said, I don't want that job. But again, Belichick, when asked if he was given permission, said no, he wasn't. Like, he wasn't asked anything yeah. by the Raiders at that time, now who were still kind of in the thick of it, yeah. or the Jaguars. That doesn't mean they weren't asked eventually. But I just don't know how you don't look at what he did with Mac, 
the fifth quarterback taken in the draft and say, wow, let's bring him in and see what he did and how we helped this guy get better. If your quarterback is the primary focus of your organization, which it should be here yeah. in Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, I don't get it either because the, the Raiders play, you know, in, in a dome. So it's not like they're worried about, um, you know, McDaniels running the ball 75 times a game because it's snowing outside um, in terms of Las Vegas. So I, I don't know what the case is. Uh, why he didn't get a lot of looks. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe he rubs some people the wrong way. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, they're starting to get some rumblings out there now that uh, we could be getting real close on careful the, now. Hey, don't hey, front ca- some better, rumbling. Be, better, hey, careful, hey, Brent. You, hey, I'm not telling you sources okay. are saying. Let's, let's not, you We've know. We've been here before. Well, you have. I have not. Okay. What no, did I'm, I say? No, I'm, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, well, I mean, what did you say? Do you, do you want to go play the game again today? Because th- there was a tweet today that I saw that somebody tagged me on to. Oh, really? Yeah, with you. With you. I had some good tweets today. You had some. Casey, oh. hit. What? Well, no? Or okay, not? Okay, go ahead. Casey, hit the button, please. Does he have the button? You didn't give him a heads up. It's, I know. That's my Uh-oh. bad. Casey, even Brent's there. getting there ratioed is. on Twitter again. It's time to play everybody's favorite game. What Brent should have tweeted. And here's your host, Casey Kurtz. All right, Brent. So two hours ago, uh, E underscore underscore Dilla tweeted at you. Oh, yeah. I got Bring the MacBook over to my bake. place. Oh. We can wait and bake. I thought, didn't you like my response? Brent, the response was Mwah, chef's kiss, A number one, yes. t- Duke of New York. That was fantastic. Was pretty good. Uh, it was a Stephen A. Smith with a famous quote, stay off the weed. <laughs> the, 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 and I say that really out loud in front of a lot of people. That's fine, though. People are walking by me wondering what's going on. Uh, it's all good, legal soon enough. But Brent, you know what? The, the, the problem does come into play, though, and you got ratioed because, well, you thought you were talking to Dilla, and unfortunately, you were talking to E underscore underscore Dilla, and you kind of got got a little bit. I didn't bit. know that Dilla had fake accounts. He's got fake accounts, man. By the way, All one right. of them I think I was following. Oh, wow, Brent, you're better than that. Don't, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I don't know, because like, I, I checked on him then after that, and I yep. was like, why am I following this yep. account? But needless to say, what you should have tweeted, Brent, you should have looked who you're talking to first and said, you know what? Don't know you, and just go your, go your merry way. That will just show you I have trust in Dilla. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I love, though. I love how people are taking me now and when you mess up. Oh, I love it. Yes, keep it coming. You don't even have to do any homework. No, none. I literally went to the gym, got out of the gym, saw I got tagged. Boom, there we go. I appreciate it. By the way, I wanted to ask you, is what was this thing? Uh, what did I tweet today? It's like a ratio tweet, but it wasn't like a negative tweet. I just had so many responses. Well, you can't remember what it was. That oh, wasn't oh, the, maybe it was the high step one. That doesn't count. Okay, but you understand when you get ratio, that means that it's it's the negative stuff. I know. Okay, I know. okay, okay. I'm just I'm trying to be clear. Like, what, okay. have we ever determined? I asked this yesterday. What's the ratio that of, sets it into ratio land? When you get more negative than positive, but so it has to be more negative than positive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, not just a lot. Well, I mean, if you got a lot of positive and a lot of negative, then congratulations, you're polarizing. Yes, you know that's a pretty good place to be. Yeah, but but I think very really does that ever happen? Actually, unless we get political. In our world, that's a pretty good place to be. Actually. Uh, I mean, don't let's not get political <laughs> with it, though, right? All right, so um, it, it's it's potentially heating up that this mm-hmm. thing, um, some rumblings going around on the social media world. I like it. Uh, of of really what again, Mike Jarecki is a guy that put this out there. He covers. 
the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Has some sources out there, obviously, would have some ties to an Adrian Wilson and would have ties that people that know Byron Leftwich. Yep. And I'm still very careful on this front because I say what people know and what they think they know can often be two different things. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's he's pretty solid guy out there. And it certainly was word was spreading earlier today yep. that Byron Leftwich had turned the tables a little bit, uh, from what it appeared, mm -hmm. into a bit of a power play to say, hey, I'm bringing my own guy in. And what we don't know is how this all manifested itself if that turns out to be the case. See, I believe all along this would win out in the day because it's just logical to me that a guy would come in here and wouldn't take the job if you're going to be stuck with Bulky. Yeah. That's kind of my text to Leftwich that I had in the segment yesterday, about 40 minutes into the show, if you want to go look for it. And I basically said, don't take the job if you're going to be stuck in a situation rather than creating the situation that's going to allow you to be successful. Yeah. And obviously, Byron's a smart enough guy. He knows that. I'm sure his representation knows that. And somewhere along the way, whether it was in the initial interview process, he told him, I'm not sure I can work with Balky. I don't love the idea, but let me think about it. Yeah. Or... He kind of heel-turned a little bit once Hackett and Eberflus went off the board, and then he used that as leverage, which also could have happened, made sense. But I think Byron was thinking this way the entire time. Might have just kept it in his back pocket. Now, we got to see if it comes to fruition. But there's starting to be a lot more smoke out there in addition to the report we said today that this could get done. Yeah, I guess my biggest caveat with the whole situation was I didn't think Shad Khan was going to budge. Um, in terms of possibly letting Trent Baalke go. I thought Shad Khan was kind of entrenched in the fact that regardless of who we bring in, he has to be willing to work with Trent Baalke regardless of what people on the outside maybe said to Shad Khan. So th th that was my little, um, you know, red flag of saying, well, I wonder if Leftwich still takes the job if Trent Baalke is going to be the guy. Because, I mean, it was my understanding when this first thing started to come to fruition with Byron Leftwich that he kind of understood that Shad Khan... Uh, and Trent Baalke will be working together. Yeah. Um, I got to believe, let's look at the root of this, and I know a lot of people right now are not happy with Shad Khan and think that, hey, Baalke, stand up, but Baalke, it's Baalke or Byron. We, we started the show talking a little bit about that. Yep. But I do think Shad is a smart man. He, he's an intelligent man. And I got to believe at some point, and I'm not even really referencing fans here because – while he saw that and heard some of that, I'm not sure he reacts to that. Some people don't react to the way, uh, you know, fans are responding. Well, I mean, he's probably just, not on Twitter even. Well, I mean, he's, he's not. If but, you're a billionaire, you're not on Twitter. But, but the last game of the year, there was enough noise, and obviously the the even the uh, what was that the the company the that roof claim or whatever. I mean, they sure. even got on board. And by yeah. the way, I can tell you this: there's been a ton of noise internally in the Jags building to say, "Listen, this isn't what we want to do going forward." You know, and so that gets back to shot. Now you have all these candidates around the NFL. He's talking to a lot of NFL people over the last month. Absolutely, he's talking to not just the candidates, their representation, mm -hmm. the teams they come from. He's vetting them. He's hearing things. I just, and that's why I still have stuck to this, and I don't believe Balky's going to be the guy because I think that wins out at the end of the day. I know we got down the road, farther down the road than anybody wanted to get. I understand that angle. I understand that, that angst, and I understand that might have hampered the process. But I just think at the end of the day, the coach coming in here is going to be able to determine that or not because that coach is the one that holds the leverage in terms of power. He's the new guy. He's the guy you're trying to attract. He's the guy you think is going to change your organization around. And I think that's still the way it's going to unfold. Um, and maybe just in a matter of time, we'll see. No, without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I just think it comes down to I'm just surprised that, you know, if you would have told me by the, you know, the moment that Urban Meyer got fired until now, 
that the biggest discrepancy of getting possibly the guy that you want as a head coach was the fact that whether or not he wanted to keep Trent Balky or not, I wouldn't believe that we're having that conversation. I thought the writing would have been on the wall for Shad Khan and saying, you know what, we got to start over, we got to start anew. Now, he didn't go with that way, whether it was Trent Balky in terms of being the guy that Shad Khan was bouncing football questions off of in these interviews or whatever the case may be, I just got the vibe that Shad Khan was a, a big Trent Balky supporter when I feel like he didn't really have to be or he probably shouldn't have been. Now we'll see what happens. You know, hopefully we're minutes away or an hour away from um, from news breaking and it becoming official. But I, I was just I am surprised, Brent, that it got it took this long um, and it was this drawn out. Yeah, uh, it's it's a pretty wild. Um, it's been a wild thing. I mean, all along. Let me ask you this real quick about the Leftwich and Saints job once again. Uh, not really handicapping it. Instead, how this. What we saw happen yesterday, last night, yeah. is the Jags say, hey, we're going to interview Hackett. And what a lot of us believed at the time was that was maybe some posturing going on of saying, hey, let's slow this thing down. Let's recreate the narrative from our end. Let's not have Jags fans or a Jag fan <laughs> break the news and, and actually deliver the narrative of what's going on around here. <laughs> like, I firmly believe there was a sense of that. Like, sure. that's why that was the, the, the tweet or the knowledge of, um, or the tweet from Schefter, the tweet from Rappaport, the, the tweet from Gene, you know, the, saying, hey, we're going to slow this thing down. And, sure. and I think that's part of the semantics of everything. Um, but what was wild about it is the Jags forced Denver into making a decision. Like yeah. Denver could have dragged this out for a couple more days. Yeah. But the Jags forced them into making a decision. Then the Jags seemingly forced Chicago into making a pretty quick decision. Remember, Ryan Poles just got the job like less than a day and a half ago. He just pulled into you know, the headquarters yesterday morning for the first time, and boom, yeah. by today at noon he had a coach, Sure. right? So the dominoes started to fall, and so I ask you about the Saints' job. Yep. Could that be that leverage play that we think it was potentially happened by oh, yeah. Leftwich's side now be the one force in the Jaguars' hand to move quickly on this? Uh, because, again, I don't think it's necessarily, like, just Leftwich floating out there, but it's certainly a nudge to get uh, the Jags to act a little quicker. No, without a doubt. I think it, it was a master class by Byron Leftwich and his agent um, to try to, you know, put the pressure back on Jacksonville. I think, you know, the the whole second interview with Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, that, that, that was put in place to try to make Byron Leftwich sweat a little bit. And, I mean, it, 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 I think it kind of backfired in the case of, well, the Denver saw that, and maybe Denver was worried or not, and maybe Denver called the bluff or not. But needless to say, Denver gets Nathaniel Hackett, and now the Jaguars are wondering, okay, well, now what can we do? You know, how can we put the pressure back on Byron Leftwich? And then in turn, Leftwich and his camp kind of, you know, reverse it and say, hey, I can always go to New Orleans, or I can always at least go, go interview in New Orleans. And, and I think that they put the Jaguars all in because at the end of the day, I think Byron Leftwich was their guy. And I'm not sure if Doug Peterson or Jim Call were even on the table. So then if you were left, you know, without Byron Leftwich, what would the plan be? And I'm not sure if there was even a plan B in discussion. So I just think that this, this whole thing um, ended here with Byron Leftwich saying, well, then I'll, I'll go take an opportunity, possibly an interview in New Orleans. That made Shad Khan nervous. And now we're here. Well, we could be. We'll see where it goes. I mean, uh, <laughs> what's the next uh, uh, twist in all of this? Uh, potentially could it heat up a little bit late this afternoon on the Jaguars front. We're keeping an eye on it uh, for sure.
I still really wonder in the back of my mind, this is why I said earlier, I don't know how much Eberflus was really, like, hot on the Jags' radar. Now, they wouldn't waste time. But was he really a hot candidate? I actually do think Hackett was on their radar. You think so? I, I think he was. I think he was part of their – like, I don't think he was just a ploy in the whole thing. Okay. And maybe when they started to see it break away, they said, hey, let's let's have a safety net here. We like Nate. Let's get him in here. And but I think there were some interviews already just in case lined up anyhow if things didn't work yeah. out quickly with a Byron or, or whatever else. Um, but – like I told you earlier, I'm not sure we'll never really know. You can get whatever story you want to hear Correct. once again because yep. they can spin it however they want to spin it uh, from both sides. I am fascinated to see if Hackett says anything about it or even Eberflus says anything about it when asked about the process. Sure. If they shed some light on it. That might be the best way to find out yeah. as they go with their introductory news conferences in Denver and well, Chicago. And I'm very curious to see, like, when all the smoke queers and all the coaches have made their decisions, I'm, I'm curious to see if it comes out of, how many coaches were turned off to the idea of maybe working with Trent Baalke? Absolutely. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're live from UNF Arena here on a Thursday. In terms of the pieces that the Chicago Bears have on that side of the ball, I have full confidence that Matt Eberflus is going to be able to take full advantage of what Roquan Smith and company are bringing to the table. I just go back and think about how he developed Darius Leonard, a second-round pick out of South Carolina State, into an all-pro middle linebacker. I'm looking for Roquan Smith to make that kind of jump next year under the tutelage of Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus, the most unsexy hire there is in the cycle. It's the most unsexiest name of all time. Thank God I don't have to pronounce that name here. Could you imagine me messing that up every single day on our show? I will say no this way. now. The most unsexy hire of the cycle last year was Nick Suriani. Correct. He did the best job of anybody. Yes. Is so, that your point? I, that's why you got to be – like, we have – listen, everybody might love Byron Leftwich. I think Byron Leftwich could work out. It might end up being Byron Leftwich. Looks like it's happening that way. Doesn't mean it's going to work out. We know how that goes, right? Um, so, more on Byron Leftwich uh, and, and this possible finally getting it done as we go to football at five in a moment. But I do want to bring up uh, Florida State. Uh, Florida State report brought to you by Willie Jules Barbecue and Bodo's Pit Barbecue. Casey, take it away. Tough loss. Finally had that uh, winning streak snap last night. Yeah, it was a tough loss. We'll get to that in a second. But let's not forget what happened on Saturday when a 61-60 to win for FSU over Miami. At the half, you probably turned it off because it was 43-19 to FSU. They were then yeah, outscored 41-18 to in the second half to barely win by one single point. So that was probably red flag number one. Caleb Mills, good again, though, 16 in that one. Anthony Polite, 15 in that one. Only two players in double figures. So, like, low-key, something was up, and something won, something really was up yesterday. 75-61 to loss to Georgia Tech, who is decent, but not one of the top-tier teams in the ACC, and they put it to Florida State last night. The Caleb Mills example continues. I've mul said multiple times, as long as he goes, Florida State will go. He did not go last night. Only five points, two for seven shooting. Anthony Plate was, again, the leading scorer with 11. Every time they made a run, Georgia Tech just slammed the door on him, and it, it, it just wasn't good for Florida State. They looked dead tired uh, in the second half of that game, but that's probably what happens when you play four games in seven days last week. They got an extra day off this week, but they've been playing a lot of basketball recently. But shout-out to Debo Coleman, by the way, 14 points to 26 points, uh, two rebounds, three, from five, three of five from three, went to West Nassau High School. So a little shout-out there for a Georgia Tech player. 
Uh, overall, Florida State outscored 116 to 79 in the last three halves of basketball they have played. And with one loss yesterday, they dropped from first to sixth in the ACC. So that's where the ACC wow. is competitive-wise. Yeah. Coming up for Florida State on Saturday, they are home against Virginia Tech, a 3 p.m. tip, 2.30 coverage right here on ESPN 690. Virginia Tech is coming off three straight losses, NC State, Boston College, and Miami. I may have bet on them when they played Boston College in a little parlay. That didn't work out. So there is some bad blood for me in this one for Virginia Tech. Florida State can hopefully smack them for no real reason other than it will make me feel better about myself. That game will be in Florida, in Tallahassee. So you know what that means. They are a much better team at home. And I would say it is a must win for Florida State. Then next Wednesday, February 2nd, already into February, they will play Clemson at 7 p.m., 6.30 coverage right here on ESPN 690. That game will be in Clemson. Clemson has lost five of their last seven to Duke, Virginia, Notre Dame, Boston College, and Syracuse, a couple teams that Florida State has beaten. So, And what's weird about it is Clemson will not play again until that game. So five, wow. uh, six days off for Clemson before playing Florida State. But like I said, both of those games will be on ESPN 690, 2.30 on Saturday, and then 6.30 next Wednesday. And that was the Florida State Report sponsored by Bonos and Willie Jewell. It's so funny, Florida State, like uh, basketball fans get so excited. I, I think Dalton I follow on social media is a Florida State fan, and Brian Baker, they those guys, man, they like live tweet the game, yeah. watching it. They're living and dying. And I appreciate their passion for them. I get so mad when they lose, which is okay, but it's basketball season. Like, you're not going to win them all. Like, Florida State winning six games in a row in the ACC with this team and now trying to come together to give you hope. It was, I was just like, man, these guys are hard. Like, they thought they were going to go undefeated the rest of the way. For sure. um, but uh, it, it's just funny. It shows up in my timeline all the time. I'm like, I can tell everything that's going on. It's like I do it from the opposite way. It's like somebody else watching a Jags game and watching, like, one of my feeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, uh, which, which is always fun. Yeah. Um, I just shared this with all – Name team, by the way. Yeah. The Steelers worked out one. free agent defensive back Money Hunter today. That's, that's a big one. Money Hunter. That's a big one right there. Uh, and Kerry McLaren says, wow, this may be my new favorite, too. Others in my tops list, Bumper Pool, Fozzie Whitaker. Uh, Fozzie, I like that. Smoke Monday. Okay. And Kool-Aid McKinnis- McKinstry. I don't know if I've heard of some of them. No, these these are football players. These are I don't NFL know if players. Those are like real names these or are NFL names. caliber players. But I gotta look them up. Now. Or are these like ultra simple. But either way, like those are pretty cool names. Well, yeah, unless it's like Antonio Brown trying to make a comeback as in a new name, <laughs> might be. That Who knows? Be the case. It could, could, it could be, the, be the rap name. I'm not sure. Uh, football at five's coming up. Action Sports X on ESPN 690. Left, which as it moves toward this happening at some juncture, <laughs> officially. Yeah. Um, does he sell tickets? Does he get the fan base excited? You know, in a period right now where everybody's exhausted, they just want to see the, <laughs> the team win. Yeah. And I didn't know if anybody could get the fan base excited. Can Leftwich do that? Can, can he fire up the fan base? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.